Jerusalem, I come to you, not ushering in war, but offering peace. You shout, Hosanna, save us. But you don't understand. Your ways are not my father's ways. I have come to save. Even though soon you will shout, crucify, I still come, offering salvation. These tears are not for me. They're not for what I must endure. I weep for you, Jerusalem. If you had only known on this day what would bring you peace, but now it is hidden from you. The day will come when your enemies will surround you. They will dash you to the ground. They will not leave one stone on another because you did not recognize me. You did not understand. You did not believe that God was with you. I, uh, I wonder what it must have been like for Jesus coming in on that first Palm Sunday. I don't know. All right, Usher, someone shut Bon Jovi off. I'll play in. All right. In the <laughs> I mean, that, 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 that's almost criminal to shut Bon Jovi off. But uh, yeah, if someone can grab that, that'd be great. All right. You know, but I wonder what it would have been like for Jesus coming in on that first day into that, that climate, into that energy into people looking at him and shouting things to him like like blessed is he who comes in the name of the lord shouting things like hosanna god save us right talk talk about talk about a burden to bear god save us right shouting things blessed is the coming kingdom of our father david for so many years i never got palm sunday because my conception of Palm Sunday was Sunday at church. That first Palm Sunday when Jesus came into Jerusalem was anything but Sunday at church. It wasn't people coming to sit and, and get a little plant and, and, and sit in their chairs and, and, and listen to something and, and very just kind of, hmm, yes, Hosanna, right, right? Now, I know we're out of the norm, but we're still not even coming close to what it must have been like on that first Palm Sunday. Scholars estimate that the city of Jerusalem, normally about thirty to 50,000 people, would swell, some say, to as many as half a million. Imagine a city like McHenry, 25,000, swelling 10 to 20 times for an event. And this wasn't some, some pious, some 
some stoic, some meek, reflective kind of day. What you've got to get in your mind is like Mardi Gras meets 4th of July because this was a revolution day. It was a freedom day. It was a day when, when people, Jews, calling to God for generations for salvation would stream to Jerusalem to remember that God has saved once. And so God can save again. And they came hoping, yearning, crying, cheering that God, that this might just be the day. That it just might finally be the day, the year when God would finally liberate his people. Establish his kingdom, overthrow their enemies, and set them free. And I, and I wonder... What must it have been like for Jesus walking into that with people pointing and shouting and whispering and going, is it him? Is that the one? Is that the one we heard about? The one who gives sight to the blind, the dead raiser, the demon slayer. Is that the one who's come to set us free? As the pilgrims would come just pouring Pouring, walking from every direction into Jerusalem for this feast, for this festival, for this celebration. They would be singing songs, but war chants. All right, let me read you one here today. You can find these in the Bible. There's a collection of psalms called Psalms of Ascent. Because when you go to Jerusalem, do you know which way you got to go? Up. Because it's on a mountain. Songs of ascent because in your final miles as your feet are tired and you've been traveling all day or maybe for days and ready to give in, they would start cheering and singing. And just listen to the vibe of this from Psalm 118. Give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His love endures forever. Let Israel say, his love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say, his love endures forever. Now, we read that out of a Bible, and it's like, oh, his love endures forever. I guess that's important, right? But can you hear it in their day? The priests shouting out from the minarets, shouting out from the walls. Let Israel say, and you're coming into the city. His love endures forever. Let the house of Aaron say. And what are they shouting coming up? His love endures forever. Can you feel it? Can you sense the mood? Can you see what it would be like walking in, shouting and chanting and singing? And it's loud and it's raucous and people are dancing and they're waving palms and they are cheering, right? Because God is a God who saves Read the Psalm 118. You start going through it. In my anguish, I cried to the Lord, and he answered me by setting me free. The Lord is with me. I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? The Lord is with me. He is my helper. I will look in triumph on my enemies. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in man. It is better to take refuge in the Lord than to trust in princes because God is a God who saves. And he did it once. He will do it again. And it would build and it would build and they would know these by heart, singing them every year coming into Jerusalem. And then you get to the cool part. All right. 
Here it is. Here's how the psalm ends. Oh Lord, save us. Oh Lord, grant us success. Now, you gotta hear this in Hebrew. If you're wondering what that weird stuff is underneath, that, that, that's what it looks like in Hebrew. And you gotta imagine the chant, the singing, the priest calling out, hear it. Ana Yahweh, Hoshiana. Well, go for it, great, repeat it too. That's awesome, all right. What word do you hear in there? Ana Yahweh, Hoshiana, Hosanna. What is it you're saying when you wave your palm branches? Hoshiana, Hosanna, save us. And you gotta hear the whole line to make it work because it just doesn't work in English. It, it's Ana Yahweh, Hoshiana, Ana Yahweh, Hatzlichana, right? They like to rhyme too. It just doesn't work in translation. And you gotta hear it, Ana Yahweh, Hoshiana. And they're like, Ana Yahweh, Hatzlichana. Ana Yahweh, Hoshiana. Ana Yahweh, Hatzlichana. Until they are hoarse, screaming. And this is what Jesus is walking into on that first Palm Sunday. Walking in to shouts. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord to shout Hosanna, to shout save us. What does that do to you when you have finally come to the climax of your mission and 500,000 people are pointing at you saying blessed is he, king, save. What must it have been like for Jesus, walking into that, that first Palm Sunday. What must it have been like for Jesus walking into that, that first Palm Sunday and knowing that while they pointed at him and cheered, it was not actually him that they wanted. When I was uh, in college, I was, I was dating this girl before Tina, because um, that would have been weird if it was after. <laughs> um. <laughs> it was before. <laughs> her, uh, her name was Death. Well, not her given name, but that's what everyone called her, and that's a story in its own right for another day. But I was dating this girl named Death, and have you ever been with someone that at a certain point you realized it wasn't really you that they were interested in as much as it was their idea of you? It wasn't long into the relationship that I kind of started to realize that she was trying to kind of change me in her image, if I can use biblical phraseology here, that she was more interested in me conforming to an idea of who she wanted to me to be as opposed to who I actually happened to be. And I wonder what it was like for Jesus coming in on that first Palm Sunday knowing that the people who were... Proclaiming him king. We're actually far more interested in proclaiming him as the kind of Jesus they wanted him to be 
as opposed to the Jesus he actually happened to be. And see, this is the question of Palm Sunday. Ten minutes ago, we're waving our palms and we're crying Hosanna and we're cheering and we're clapping and we're singing and we're worshiping him. Are we worshiping Jesus or the Jesus we want him to be? That is the question that defines today. There's this, uh, this amazing psalm, this amazing song that comes out of the prophets. I, I just love what Isaiah says. He writes, let the wicked forsake his way and the evil man his thoughts. Let him turn to the Lord and he will have mercy on him and to our God for he will freely pardon. And do you know why? Because the Lord is gracious and the Lord is good and the Lord loves you. And his mercy endures forever. I love this next line. Isaiah writes, for my thoughts, speaking for God, God says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts. Neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher. Higher than your ways. And my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know, if you pause long enough to come up for air on the passage... It's sobering, isn't it? For God to say, your thoughts are not my thoughts. Your ways are not my ways. The God who you often want me to be is not the God I actually am. Because to follow God, to follow Jesus is not to get a God who does things our ways. But it's a God who invites us to submit our ways to him. And I know this, guys. We are here because at some level we love him or want him or are hungry for him or are just plain curious who this God is. But I know this as well. We come here today with ways that are not his ways. We come here today with thoughts that are not his thoughts. I come here today with ways that are not his ways and thoughts that are not his thoughts. And what Palm Sunday is about is Jesus inviting us to actually, when we say, King, Lord, Hosanna, to actually make sure we are claiming him. Are you with me? Now, there are these sheets on your chairs. You saw those like half sheets and it kind of has this, this, this phrase embossed in it. I want to invite you to take it out and take a pen. I'm going to invite the band back up and here's what I want to invite you to do. There's no rush on this, okay? Really take some Sometime, take a few moments here. Come to God.
and just ask yourself, what ways have I brought here today that are not his ways? What thoughts and ideas and motivations do I have here today that are not in accord with him? And then what I want to invite you to do is just write it on that piece of paper. And don't worry, we're just going to tape them with your name all over the church, all right? It, don't put your name on it. No one's going to be reading these. It's a time to submit to Jesus as Lord. And not just in passing thought, but to say, Lord, here it is. Here it is. Now, there's a song that we're going to be singing a little bit later. And as you write these here today, Mark is just going to walk you through it a little bit. Keep your focus with you and God, but let some of what he says wash over you in the process and truly bring those things to God here this morning. If you're not done, that's okay. Just keep going. But if you are, I want you to take that piece of paper and I want you to do this. Now don't throw it at me. <laughs> Just hold on to it. Yeah. We're going to come up and commune in another time of worship. And it's a time for us to say, Jesus, if I proclaim you king, and if I proclaim you Lord, it's on your terms, not mine. Now, there's this amazing passage that Paul writes talking about the kingship and the reign of Jesus. He says this, for Christ indeed has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. For just as death came through a man, so the resurrection of the dead also comes through a man. For as in Adam all die, so in Christ all will be made alive, but each in his own turn. First Christ, and then those who are in him. And it says, then the end will come when he'll hand over the kingdom to his father, but not until this, for he must reign until he puts all his enemies under his feet. Now don't miss this. Look at it again. Jesus must reign until he has put all his enemies under his feet. This, this is to go under Jesus' feet. So as you come up to commune today, take this and do what this amazing child that God did right up here and cast it down and let it be trampled under the feet of the people of God. 
Paul writes, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Hosanna will come into stark relief. To confess Jesus is Lord is to pledge your loyalty to him. It is to recognize him as Yahweh, as the God who reigns. It is to call him king. It is to take yourself off the throne of your life and put him on it. Let this be a first gesture and offering and display of doing that for the first time or yet again here today. Are you with me? Our Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. He broke it. He gave it to his disciples and he said, take and eat. This is my body given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And he took a cup after supper and he gave it to them. He gave thanks to God and he said, drink of this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant shed for you for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Do this in remembrance of me because Yahweh saves. Welcome to the king's table.